the problem now lives with you alone. Mm. We have to make this her problem because if we make it her problem, then we can make it her solution. Welcome to the Smart Gets Paid podcast with me, Leah Niederthal. I help women land higher paying clients in their independent consulting businesses, but I've never been a salesperson. My background is in corporate marketing. And when I started my first consulting business, I learned pretty quickly that it's about a thousand times harder to sell your own stuff than it is to sell someone else's. So I taught myself how to do it and I created the sales approach that I now share with my clients so they can feel more comfortable in the sales process, get more of the right clients, and get paid way more for every client contract. So whether your client contracts are $5,000, $100,000 or more, if you wanna work with more of the clients you love, do more of the work you love and get paid more than you ever thought you could, then you're in the right place. Let's do it together. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to rate, review and share. Hey there, thanks for joining me in this episode. I hope that wherever you are, wherever you are listening to this, I hope you're having a great week and making some good progress in your business and also taking some time for yourself. So it's been a really big week over here because my son, who's three, started pre-K three, and my daughter, who's now 11 weeks, is sleeping in six hour stretches. You guys, this is huge. So, you know, my wife and I are getting more sleep. We have our son in school at least half days. And it feels like, you know, especially with just having a newborn, like it feels like we're coming through the fog a little bit, you know? And uh, it's funny, I remember when I was talking to a client of mine before my daughter was born, it was in like the weeks right before she was set to arrive. And we were talking and my client was like, oh man, like your life is about to turn into chaos. And I remember like, you know, kind of chuckling and be like, yeah, mm hmm. And then, but in my mind, I was thinking like, mm, yeah, maybe that happens to other people, but that's not going to happen for us. Like our life isn't going to turn into chaos, right? Like somehow, I don't know, we had it together more or we were special or something, right? But guess what? I am not special. And for, you know, several weeks after she was born, we were in chaos. I mean, of course, first, there's just like a new baby in the house, right? You know, feeding every three hours, waking up all the time, just the addition of this like new human in your life. And then, of course, also at that time, there's my son who had like so many big feelings, really big feelings about her and about us. And he just turned into a total terror, like could not be calmed down, could not be, it just, it was awful. Seriously, there was a day that I cried like four times that day. And I remember actually asking his pediatrician about it because I was like, this cannot be the same child who has been such an angel for almost three years at that time. Like that can't be right. Right. And, you know, he was like revenge peeing and, you know, all these things. Sorry to get too like in the weeds, but this is, you know, very much my life right now. And I was worried about it. And so I asked the pediatrician and he's like, okay, I know it's hard. Your tendency is to clamp down or, or try to, I don't know, be more strict or whatever because he's acting out so much. But he said, don't do anything for three months. Like, I promise it will get better. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh my God, three months, that feels like forever. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but 
we have made it because my daughter is just about three months and my son's behavior is getting back to normal and he's going to school. So he'll have, you know, new people and new teachers and new experiences to help him grow and, you know, give him just things to do and new people to listen to. And I am so excited for him. He's really excited. And so I'm really excited for him. And so for us, it's like, okay, we've gotten through, we've gotten through this period. And now we're into what feels like the next phase for our family. It's really, really exciting. So if you've been, you know, maybe in the run up to school for your family or any type of difficulty, I hope that you are either nearing the end or there's light at the end of the tunnel also for you. Okay, so let's get into the episode. I'm really, really excited for you to hear this one because this is something I hear in various forms from a lot of women I coach. So in this episode, I'm talking to a client of mine who's struggling with one of her clients that she's working with. She's already sold in the work, right? It's a series of workshops. And as you're going to hear, she's gotten some not great feedback about it. And of course, she wants to make it better, but she's having a hard time getting her main contact back on the phone to find out how she and her team can improve for the next time. But when we zoom out on what this episode's really about, it's not about feedback and it's not really about making the client happy or it's not about getting people back on the phone. It's really this question that's more universal of as the consultants, how do we get the client to do something that they won't do or that they don't want to do? That's what we're going to be talking about today. So the woman I'm talking to is second in command at her company. And between her and the founder, she's the one who's really responsible for business development. And their company offers a really unique set of leadership and communication workshops to companies that are midsize all the way up to the Fortune 500. So I'm so excited for you to hear a little bit about the scenario and how we can reframe it to help my client move forward and in turn, help her client get the best results. So I want to send a huge thank you to this client for allowing me to share this conversation with you. Take a listen. And at the end, I'll come back and share a lesson that you can apply to your business. Hey, everyone, two quick things I wanted to tell you about. First, we're hosting our second annual virtual spring hangout just for women consultants on Thursday, March 28th. And we'd love to see you there. We do these a couple times a year, and they're just a great way to meet other women running consulting businesses and chat with my team and me. And if you're a listener of this podcast, I would love to meet you. So that's Thursday, March 28th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, and it's totally free. Sign up at smartgetspaid.com slash spring 2024. Second, the next group of the Academy starts on May 7th, and enrollment is now open. So if you want to create a sales and marketing system in your consulting business that gets you more of the right clients and gets you paid for your value without having to work more or sacrifice your time, that's what women just like you are doing in the academy. So if you've been in business for at least two years and you're making at least $100,000 a year, check out the academy and apply at smartgetspaid.com academy. Enrollment closes on May 1st and we get started on May 7th. So again, that's smartgetspaid.com academy. All right, on to the episode. Well, it's always fun to talk to you. What's what's up? How have you been? We've been really busy, which is like such a great problem to have. Nice. And I initially, I think I put in the like the notes for this call that I wanted to talk about, like sharing a client story on a call and how to weave that in. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually have kind of more of a pressing 
a situation that I would love, we would love to get your input on it. Yeah, let's do it. The the context is we have a six event engagement contract out with a client. And we've done one of them so far. They're scheduled for the entire year. So we have five more. And she sent an email after um, the first one that shared that essentially it didn't land as like, it didn't quite land is what she said. If we're going to move forward with the five additional sessions, we'll need to tighten up to connect this. Like, do you have any ideas? And so I responded to that, trying to get her on the phone so we could talk through our ideas. And she ended up kind of setting me up to talk to her employee. So he loved it and it was great talking to him, but he's not the decision maker. So then we sent her our thoughts after we had this call and like, here's how we're going to you know, work to fix this. And her response was... Um, uh, sharing, you know, um, like this is a brand new L and D program at this company. Um, so this is something that we've done for the first time. Uh, I, I'm just going to read her last few sentences verbatim. Um, I'm hesitant to move forward with these low scores and curious if scores are low again, less than 70%. Would you be willing to give us a discount on the June session? This is the most expensive program in our offerings. And given the current environment, we have a lot of pressure to make sure our money is being invested wisely. So when she says discount on the June event, that's the second session that we're going to do. So she kind of she's asking for an after the fact discount if it doesn't go as well as she wants it to. And I just I responded again, trying to get her on the phone saying, like, we want to talk through this as soon as possible. And I just didn't address the discount question because I feel like that's something we can talk about in person. And we're not going to do that. But I'm just wondering if you have. I would love to hear your thoughts on how to move forward with this situation. Did that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Wow. Okay. So give me... So this is the first time they're doing something like this. Mm-hmm. To what... Do you have any insight into... Well, tell me about like your the process that you went through with them to prep. Yeah. So we had a couple of sales calls and it was very clear based on the objectives that she shared that it would be, it's our workshop. And I explained the process to her and what the customization looks like. It's not like, I explained to her that it's not a matter of just working with her to come up with like completely new content. It's just tweaking it so that it fits in with her team's needs, which based on what she shared, it's it's really easy to draw that connection. And there's there's like a, a consult call that our facilitator has with the client beforehand, but she actually set that up with her employee again and our facilitator. So he didn't our facilitator didn't get to talk to her directly. And so I haven't been able to like talk to her on the phone in months. It's just been communicating with her employee or email. So it's it's hard to it's really hard to help her out. Like it, it's I want to understand exactly what she needs, but if she's not willing to have a phone call, then it's it's hard to make sure that what we're gonna do fits in with what she needs. Totally, totally. And I I already have some thoughts for you. Okay. Do you have any insight into how they rolled this out or how what communications happened inside the company before the workshop? Yeah. So it's it's a completely new program that they launched. And here's the other thing. She's new. 
this is her, she's like, she started in January. So I connected with her right around the time that she started. So I get that this is like really high stakes for her. And it's a new learning and development is a new function there completely. They basically have their employees opt in for professional development credits to do these programs. So it's not a specific team that we're working with. It is whoever is interested in the topic and they share a little overview of what the topic is. And then from there, we we do the workshop. So I don't know exactly what their internal communications have been like, but we've offered to, you know, write up a quick, we already have like communications that they can share that outline what we're going to do in the workshop. But if they share it or not, you know, that's beyond my control. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, knowing that this is something that people have actually actively opted into, right. you know, it's not like this is being forced upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I have so many thoughts. I, <laughs> this woman is really bad at giving feedback, apparently. <sighs> you know, I didn't like it, or I've heard that people don't like it, or whatever. The scores mm-hmm. show that people didn't like it, you know, as you know, does not give you anything to go on. Right. And no way to make it better. You know, imagine if you like ate a dish and you're like, I don't like it. Send me another one. Right. <laughs> like, but also what's really sort of crappy is she's like, I don't like it. Let's do it anyway. Can I have a discount? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, and your, your answer is exactly what I was going to say, which is no, that's not how this works, you know, on, for so many reasons. I mean, you don't get a retroactive discount if people don't like it. And if you don't like it, we're going to make it better. Yeah. And if we're not going to make it better, then, you, you know, we shouldn't be working together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. How, what are you feeling right, right now? Like what, what's the help you need right now? Like, cause I could, I could rant about this with you <laughs> all day, but like, what's the help that would, what, what do you really need in this moment? Yeah. Well, from the mindset perspective, just to give you context, when, I, when I've gotten these emails, this has all happened in the past week or so, my initial response is just like, I don't... like. It's probably a poor attitude, but I really am frustrated by it that I kind of just wish she would just cancel it now if she's going to be so... Yeah, like you said, not give enough feedback for us to fix it. Like kind of setting us up to fail again. And the thing is with the contract we have, as long as the next event is over 30 days away, they can cancel at any time without an issue. And if they gave us enough warning that that would be okay. So she could do that after the second one. And so it's, it's weird that she, I was really offended that she asked for that retroactive discount and just, it really put a sour taste in my mouth. So I'm trying to reframe it and just focus on the immediate next workshop and figure out how to get a hold, I guess, how to get a hold of her. And if I can't get a hold of her on the phone, how to make sure that we ask the right questions so that we can do the next workshop to the best of our abilities. And I'm just thinking about this one in June. I'm not thinking beyond that for the next four. Right, right. Well, I guess another question I have is, have you had a chance to see the scores or they were just reported to you? She just gave us a few numbers. And do is this a, is this an assessment or a survey that you guys write or they write? This is from their survey. We have one. We didn't get a lot of responses, and she's asked since they have one internally if we could remove it for the next one, which we totally can. But we asked to actually see what their scores say. 
Right. And I'm wondering if it was like just quantitative feedback or qualitative as well. Right. Um, so, okay, this sucks. And <laughs> well, I think, you know, and I think the worst part about this is all you're doing is getting really terrible um, communication, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean, of course, the natural thing is to like spiral out and be like, you know, what, what can we even do here? How can we make this right? We've done something wrong. This is, you know, this is difficult. This is not how you want to work. Right. Right. And I did, don't worry. I did. spiral. (laughs) Oh, of course. I know you. I mean, (laughs) and I know what I would do too. Like you, you just spiral out. And I'm just remembering that you told me that they didn't even give you access to, you know, either her or the team to even get the input to make this great. Right. Right. To make this, the workshops great. So this is not, I I kind of agree that you weren't set set up to succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's just a way to maybe think about this. So right now, you know, she's giving you negative feedback with no context, right. And no way to make it better. And she's, you know, not, she won't get on the phone with you or whatever. And you're over here on your side being like, we have this workshop coming up. We're, you know, we're coming up, like we're coming up on the deadline. We want to make this great. How can we make this better? And like right now, all the pain lives with you, Mm -hmm. right? Like to make it better or to, to solve the problem or whatever. Right. Right. You know, and of course, like you're going to do your best. You're going to, you're going to like try everything. You've asked her twice to jump on the phone. Right. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is to shift some of the pain to her. Mm. And I don't, I'm not saying like, of course, no physical pain, right? But like, we we have to sort of, the problem now lives with you alone. Mm. We have to make this her problem. Because if we make it her problem, then we can make it her solution, Mm. right? It's the difference between saying like, you know, we're over here trying to make this so much better. Please help us versus saying, you know, this is not the way we operate. Certain things weren't in place before. We're not, you know, in that, in that you didn't get a chance to get any input to customize this workshop. We have no way to make this a more effective program for you because we don't have access to you. And the person that we talked to actually gave us great feedback. Yeah. In the absence of a, you know, a live conversation, to get your feedback and see the scores mm-hmm. and talk to participants who weren't happy so that we can make it better, we are unable to move forward. Mm. You know, we are still within the window of our cancellation contract. I mean, if they're not in the window, you could say we're happy to extend the window mm. because our commitment as a company is to make this, you know, to, to make every engagement an, an incredible experience mm-hmm. and we're not, we don't, you know, we're not able to get the tools from your, from your side to do that. Mm-hmm. So maybe perhaps we just, it may be the best to cancel the, the remainder of the sessions, mm-hmm. right? Because here's what this does. If what's, if what you're saying is true about her and, you know, what she needs to accomplish in this short time or whatever, you know, think about, remember how we talked about BATNA right? Mm-hmm. Best alternative to negotiated agreement, right? Like she, it may be the case that she needs to make a splash quickly. She needs to establish herself. She needs to succeed at something, mm-hmm. right? And if this program fails, then the the best alternative to you guys finding 
some type of agreement here is that this program is not a success in her company, right? Mm -hmm. Or the first thing, or maybe an early thing that she did isn't a success. Mm-hmm. And of course, she'll never be like, oh, this is all my fault, right? She'll probably blame it on you guys. Right. But it doesn't change the fact that like, it does not set her up for success in what she needs. Right. Right. So we're definitely, we're not trying to like make her look bad, right? What we're trying to do is actually make her look good. And you need information to do that. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, yeah. It makes complete sense. So... I think that's the the mindset shift here because I know how much you want to make this work, right? I know how much you want to make this a success. You guys always get amazing feedback from the work mm-hmm. you do. And of course you, you know, over deliver, right? But you cannot force people to help themselves. Yeah. What you can do is take it from being all your problem to make it a little bit her problem too. Okay. What, I, how does that land with you? No, I mean, I really, I really liked what you said because I'm in this place where I don't really know. Like, I truly didn't know what what to do next. Because you're right. Like, if I can't get a hold of her, we, it's not going to be, it's not going to go well. It's going to be the exact same feedback as we got before. And I'm wondering, with what you said, if is that something that I should like? I have her phone number. It's just that seems like kind of an out of the blue thing to call about and have that discussion, but should I try and give her a call that's not scheduled or should I continue with the written communication as the next step for That's like more logistical question, but I'm just curious what you think. Yeah. Have you spoken to her on the phone before? I mean, you must have, right? Cause you've had these yeah. calls. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, it couldn't hurt to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and try to have the first conversation with, with her. Right. Which is we'd love to get feedback you know, you wouldn't like come out of the gate on the phone with this, right. That we just sketched out here. Like we, you'd want to have the real conversation or schedule a real conversation, right. Mm-hmm. While you have her live. And I think also just one quick note on that, like she, you know, you need just more, more than her or more than one employee in that conversation. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, you know, schedule that conversation with the, the people who should be involved as you d- direct right? Because again, you're the ones trying to make this an incredible experience for her and mm-hmm. for her people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if if she doesn't pick up, you try, you know, you try once more, she, she doesn't pick up, it's you still, or if she picks up and is still unwilling to have the conversation with you, then, you know, you have a, it's not even like a, an escalation path. It's like yeah. you have a path that's right for you to make, to make this project successful. Right. Yeah. Okay. That that's really helpful because I've my, I've been keeping track of the pipeline and it's it looks so much better than it did before and we're doing so well that I, I'm trying to have like this attitude like I want this to go well but I also I just don't think this is like how we should be treated. So if it doesn't work out, like we'll be fine. So I'm figuring out how to not sound like I'm apathetic to the situation, but it is just, I'm, I'm not enjoying how we're communicating with her. So I'm figuring out like how to not bring that into my conversations with her too. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, <laughs> I think that the, you know, shifting it from, you know, you don't want to like go off of ego, right? And of course that's super hard because we all have an ego, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to do a good job. So uh, so shifting it from 
we shouldn't be treated this way to I can't make you successful mm. is really the shift here. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. And the fact that you have a full pipeline and you guys are doing great, if you can afford to let this one go, then it's it's really her decision whether she wants this to succeed in the yeah. company or not. Yeah. I mean, of course I don't, I don't want to lose business, but yeah, I think like, we'll be fine if this ends up ending after one more session or even right now. Or even right now. Exactly. Exactly. What do you, you know, what do you like about this? What do you, what feels good about it? I mean, I love what you said about shifting some of the pain to her, because I do think it's so easy to carry it like one-sided as the vendor, but you're right. If we're, we're doing all that we can think to do to get in touch with her to make it right that it some of the onus is absolutely on her to take some steps and i i think that shift is i hadn't been thinking about it that way i've just been thinking about like how can i get in touch with her but i think i could be stronger in my communication and saying like we really need to figure this out or or figure out what the next step is because we want to make sure that this is a success and we don't have the tools to do that right now yeah. And I think continuing to really, you know, everything you write, put it, you know, write it down, but then put it through the lens of, or the filter of how is this, how am I putting it in terms that benefit her? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. In order to, to make this a success, success for you, we need these things. It has to, it has to be positioned for her benefit because mm-hmm. it is for her benefit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So what's your next move? I, I'm such a visual person. I think I'm going to, I was typing some notes on what you were saying, and I know this is recorded, but I think I'm just going to type out my thoughts. And then I, I think I'm, I just want to give her a call and see if I reach her. And if I do, then see if we can schedule a conversation and see if we can get anyone from the workshop in there. So I think just giving getting a call with her so that I can get a call with her is the next step. Yeah, yeah, totally. And listen, if you do get to the point where you're drafting this email, you know, you can come into the academy Slack and post yeah. it in the feedback forum. And if if you want if you want feedback for it, we'll put some eyes on it and let you know if there's changes or if it's good to go. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. Thank you, Leah. This is really helpful. Yeah, of course. I'm so glad. All right. So I want to send a huge thank you again to my client for allowing me to share this with you. So when you take a step back from this call outside of like the particulars, the things about her unique situation, this really is a universal issue that most women will face in their business at some point, which is how do I get my client to do something that they don't want to do or won't do or are delaying doing? And actually, the most common example I hear is that my client's late in paying me for work I've already done, right? And we still have work to do to finish this project, and they still won't pay me. We actually just saw that in one of our weekly coaching calls in the academy. One of my students was working with a client, and they were kind of nearing the end of their scope, and she wanted to get paid, right, as you do, but the payment was dependent on finishing a deliverable, and the client wouldn't get back to her with feedback on the deliverable, which meant that the deliverable was like never finished, and my student couldn't get paid. 
And it's really this variation on a theme, right? How do you get somebody to do something they don't want to do? And it's so frustrating, right? For all the reasons that you heard me talk about with my client, because you want to do a good job. You want to work in your integrity. You want to solve the problems that your clients hired you to do. And, you know, of course you want to get paid for the value that you're bringing to your clients. And you just can't sadly reach through the zoom or reach through the computer and just like make the client do what you want. And it feels like you just have no power at all, right? And the reason it feels like you have no power is because you're the only one who feels the pain. And so you're the only one for whom this is a problem. But the truth is, and what I hope you got from this episode is you do have more power. And the way that you reclaim your power is by making this issue, which is only a problem for you, and also making it your client's problem. Because listen, clients are going to client, right? And clients probably are not as concerned as you are about your need to do a good job or even your need to get paid, but they will be concerned about how it might affect them. So we just need to bring them back into the working relationship where one of you is not working for the other, where you're working together, right? It's just a way of resetting the relationship. So what I want you to take away from this episode is take this issue from being only your problem and make it the client's problem also. And just as a side note, the woman in the academy who I was just mentioning, whose client wouldn't get back to her with feedback on that deliverable, you know, so she couldn't deliver the final piece and then get paid. In our coaching call that week, we talked through how to make it the client's problem. And I recommended that she withhold the final deliverable until she received payment. And in the course of our conversation, that felt weird. It's actually really hard sometimes to say no to a client, especially when you've said yes the whole time and you really are in this position where you kind of have to put your foot down. But she did it. And a few days later, she posted this update in the Academy Slack. She said, update on my troubling client situation from last week. And in parentheses, she added, she was dodging a date for deliverable feedback and I worried I wouldn't get paid. Client replied at 6 p.m. on deadline for feedback with gratitude for the report and asked for my invoice. She paid in full and I've given her the final work. So relieved to close this one out. So here's the thing. I know it feels hard and, you know, dare I say bitchy, right, to assert yourself in this way. But all we're doing is resetting the dynamic, bringing the client back into the working relationship with you and teaching clients how to think about you and how to treat you. Because your job is to teach your client through your actions that you're not working for them, you're working with them. And there needs to be a mutual respect and understanding. It'll make you a better partner to your clients and you deserve it. Hey, so what we talked about in this episode is part of the system we share with clients in the Academy. The Academy is my program to help women independent consultants get more of the clients they want and get paid way more for every client contract so you can run a more profitable business. So even if you've only ever gotten clients through referrals or word of mouth, you'll learn how to get referrals organically, how to lead a sales process, and how to get paid for your value, not your time. You'll do it without cold calling, without having to change your services, and without any pushy sales tactics. So if you like what you've heard here, you will love the Academy. There's a ton more strategies, tools, and coaching to help you move forward faster. 
So if you could benefit from having a consistent, repeatable system to get the right consulting clients and get paid for your value, not your time, check out the Academy. Learn more and apply at smartgetspaid.com slash academy.